This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello listeners and welcome back for another episode of PSG Talking, the first podcast devoted to Paris Saint-Germain and English. On today's episode, we talk about PSG's 4-1 result over Le Mans in the Coupe de la Ligue. Does Tuchel need to rest his best players, or is it more important to maintain form? Next, we discuss the Champions League round of 16 draw. What needs to happen for PSG to advance past Dortmund? We're also curious about Tuchel's best formation for the Champions League. Will he go with the potent 4-4-2 away from the park, or play it safe with a traditional 4-3-3? We discuss whether Neymar is better off in Paris or Barcelona next season, pick our PSG team of the decade, and answer some of your questions from Twitter. Joining the show today is Zach Donabedian and James Teague, and as always, I'm your host, Ed, and this is PSG Talking. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of PSG Talking. Joining me today is James Teague, fellow PSG Talk contributor. James, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. And then we also have Zach Donabedian. I always ask if I, if I said that correctly. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Fantastic. And as always, I'm Ed. Uh, we're doing a quick podcast. It's been a little while. Uh, you probably have recognized zero French accents, and that's because Guillaume is out sick, unfortunately. So we're going to go, we're going to forge ahead and, and tackle some of the latest PSG news. Um, guys, we had a game today, PSG, Le Mans, and the Coupe de la Liga. Uh, this is a tournament that I'm really wanting to win. I love the trophy. I love the design of it. And I just think it's cool. And it's really sad that they couldn't find a TV sponsor to pick up the tournament. And so this is going to be the last year. Um, as you are well aware of, PSG did not win the Coupe de la Liga last season. They were knocked out by Gengamp. So definitely want to go out winners in the tournament. So PSG won 4-1. Um, goals from Pablo Sarabia, Chupa Moting, Mbappe, Di Maria. The game was pretty much over at halftime. It was 3-0. Um, what I want to ask you, I don't want to get too much into the nuts and bolts and tactics of this game just because it was a, a league to a side and... You know, we sh- and they're bottom of that league, to, to be honest. So what I want to ask you, though, is Tuchel fielded a pretty strong starting lineup. Um, we, we've received a lot of questions on Twitter about, is that the right thing to do? And so I wanted to open up to you. If, if you were Tuchel, would you have went with that strong of a lineup? And do you think moving forward in that tournament and others, should we load management? I think that's the term people were using. Um, Zach, we'll start with you. Yeah, so we definitely had some guys in. I know someone was asking if we were going to... Uh, why we were starting Icardi up top instead of some other guys. I think it kind of just shows how Tuchel is taking this competition seriously. Like you said, it's the last the last year we're going to have it. So we're still rotating a lot of players in. Um, well, but we, did, we, did, sorry to cut you, oh, we didn't have Icardi starting up front. We had, it was Mbappe and Chupa Moting uh, who were leading with uh, Di Maria. And I still thought that that was a pretty strong. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was pretty strong. Icardi, I don't. Was he in the squad? I'm just looking here real quick. I don't think he was even... Yeah, he came on as a substitute for Mbappe, but... Yeah, so he came in as well. Yeah, so he did play, so you're right, but, like, should these guys be playing against a, a League 2 side that's bottom of the table? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, considering that we don't have a cha- the Champions League match until, I think, February, I think it's important to kind of get things rolling in this competition, considering it is a knockout. We did we did get knocked out last year, like you mentioned, to even gun gomp, so... <laughs> I think it's important for Tuchel to make sure the players know that we have to take this competition uh, seriously still. And uh, I think in the next round, we're drawing St. Etienne. So even then, we're going to still have to get some of these guys in, but still do a mixture of rotation. 
Yeah, and as <clears throat> and as we've seen with uh, Kylian Mbappe, if you take him out, he throws a, a fit. He does not like to not play. He likes to score the goals. So. That's right. James, what do you think? Should we Tuchel? Should he be rotating the squad? Would you have went with? Would you have brought Acardi in? Di Maria starting. Uh, you have Verratti as well in the lineup. I mean, are these all names that should be playing in a game like this? Um, I'm going to dance around your question and say, <laughs> should they be playing? I don't know. But if I'm the manager, um, I'm basically asking uh, Killian and Verratti and Icardi, do you want to play? If they say no, then they don't play. Yeah. If they want to play, then you give them some minutes. Um, I, I, I think that um, we do need to rotate, so we do need to have some of those uh, younger stars in there. And he, and he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if your guys want to play, especially in a in a knockout competition, even though it's a league this side, mm-hmm. you know, let them have some fun. Maybe they don't play the full 90. I, I wouldn't do that. But if your guys say they want to play, then, yeah, then you let them play. Absolutely. And one guy who did play and I thought 100% should have played was Tange Kowasi, um, 17 years old. How many freedom units is he, Zach? How I many? Is he six <laughs> one, he's six, six two, something six like that. Six foot two in freedom units. Yeah, yeah. Right. He he is he's a big boy. And um, there was the the goal that Di Maria scored in the second half. He, I, I guess, Lamont was trying to build out from the back because I guess they think they have better players than they actually do. And he just they tried to play a ball up to the midfield, and he just like plucked it out of the air with his chest, passed it over to Di Maria, who shot from distance and scored. And that. And, and Leonardo had talked about needing some extra centimeters in the midfield, basically talking about Verratti's like five foot five, and we need some height. And this kid, even at 17, has no experience. You can see that the quality is there. So do you think potentially he could play a role later in the Champions League? We're seeing him in, you know, he played against Galatasaray, played really, really well. I mean, does this kid have a future? He's yet to sign a professional contract, but just talk about what you think of him as a player. Um, I mean... I think there definitely is a role for him. And also in, in today's match, he slid, slid back into center back as well. So he's, he's really versatile, and that helps as Thiago Silva gets older too. Um, but you're right, he, we, we do need that presence in midfield that we haven't had. And I, there were some rumors he could go to Leipzig, I believe, is yeah. um, what we were hearing. But I think it's definitely important that they should try and uh, get a contract for him going if he goes before to Leip- summer if he goes to leipzig and we say draw them in a later round in the champions league can he play against us what's the new role on that do you know does anyone know uh, i have no idea i don't think you're cup tied anymore so I you're think not you cup tied could... but i wonder if you can play against the team that you left i wonder if that's like the one stipulation i don't know i'm not sure listen on the next episode <laughs> we'll have an answer for you on that one um james what do you think of kwasi do you think he has a, a, a bigger role to play than maybe in these kind of lower-level cup matches? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's good enough. If he's going to play, uh, if he's going to play in the Champions League for us in any capacity, then he deserves a contract. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, if you if you're gonna, that means that there's somebody you have on contract that you decided was not uh, worthy enough to be in the squad. So, um, I think that that should be high praise for him. Uh, to be that young and to be playing at that level, um, regardless of the team that you're playing. Um, so I, I think that um, you can probably carve out a role for him and, and give him the experience, um, especially since there are some other people in midfield that 
some of us, I won't <laughs> name any names, aren't too keen on right now. Is it Paredes? So Gu- yes. Guillaume is out sick, and he's like, please talk about Paredes. And he has been a non-factor. <laughs> We're getting off the schedule a little bit, but he's been a non-factor for pretty much his entire career at PSG. And then all of a sudden, he comes out of here, and he starts putting in some pretty good performances. He was thought to maybe be on his way to maybe Manchester United in January, maybe some other Premier League team that has a lot of money and wants to overspend for him. Um, if we get an offer, should we sell him or should we hang on to him with our midfield kind of up and down with injuries? Uh, Zach, what do you think? Should we pray this? What do you think on him and I, should we let him go? I think it's really contingent on what kind of offers we receive, but he has been playing better in the last few matches, and I don't think it's a coincidence it's been – uh, you know, timed with the return of Neymar as well. Mm. He's been able to drop into the midfield and really alleviate a lot of the pressure that uh, Paredes was having a tough time in these physical matches where uh, teams were running a lot more. When the pressure is off of him and he has more space and time to, you know, really use his passing skills, uh, the team, it has really helped the team move the ball forward. But um, I don't know. I I think that he might be kind of sliding into his role in the last few matches, but we might need a little more of a sample size, unfortunately. But the winter transfer window's here, so it really just depends on what kind of offers we get, I think. Yeah, we're going to talk about ideal starting 11 for Champions League a little bit better, and I want to ask you if you think Paredes should maybe start in the midfield given his recent form. Um, James, want to ask you, Paredes, what are your thoughts on him? It seems like you didn't want to call him out by name, but... <laughs> what, what do you think? Are you at least impressed with the last couple of games out of him? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I never actually, I never actually soured on him. Um, I, I agree with uh, what Zach was saying. Um, I, I think that is uh, an excellent uh, viewpoint by him. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was kind of just looking at uh, just a few minutes ago was how many matches he's played in in league on this year, mm-hmm. and how many minutes he's actually played. Um, so I think they have him at like. 10 appearances, but he's only actually played five full games. The rest of them have been 25 minutes or less. So to me, it's kind of like I I feel like he just needs a little bit more time to get in his groove. And now that he's actually doing that, you know, um, it's not something that happens overnight. You need time to gel. Mm -hmm. You know, Neymar's back. You you got, you know, your your opponent now has other problems other than – just Mbappe. So uh, I think that if the offer is right, you entertain it, but I don't think you, I don't think you shop him. Yeah. And, and I wrote a piece that a lot of people were sending in potential tall midfielders that we could bring in. Um, if you could bring in, say, I'm just kind of looking at the art, like a uh, Sandro Tonali at Brescia uh, thought to be maybe like a, a variety type signing, but taller he's just under six feet if you could bring in a young really talented player but it would mean selling Paredes would you do it Zach uh that's tough to say (laughs) because we could have the same problem we had with Paredes we thought he was going to be the solution to our problem and yeah you you kind of know what you have with Paredes at least yeah it's tough and it also also in in terms of bringing in someone like Tonali, we don't know the situation with Kawasi as well. So mm-hmm. these guys are all defensive midfielders, you know. So it it really just depends on can we extend Kawasi and do we get a good offer for Paredes? But I suppose if you get a good offer for Paredes, then bringing in someone like Tonali would be fantastic. I mean, he has a lot of potential, so. James, would you give up Paredes if you could get maybe an unknown, some kind of younger player that's going to cost you, but he has a lot of upside and he could potentially be better than Paredes? Would you take that risk or 
hang on to Paredes and ride it out? I would probably say I, pro- I probably wouldn't do it no. um, okay. unless I had some really compelling reason to. Uh, I really think that uh, player development is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think part of our part of our uh, recent problems have been, you know, we're changing managers, we're overhauling the entire team. Yeah. We, I think, consistency is um, key mm-hmm. for any any kind of championship team. So. Even if you have somebody that's underperforming uh, or not living up to expectations or anything like that, I think you know if he if he's got recent form and he's on the up and up, you you ride with it until you you can't. Right. Well, we'll leave it on this. I always say my hottest hot take is Adrian Rabio one day will come back to PSG. <laughs> he's a midfielder. He's tall. He wants to get out of Juventus. I'm just saying. Shock. I'm just saying. He's out there. We can get him. All right. Up next, I'm going to – hopefully everyone can see this. Well, you guys can't, but our our audience can see it. We've got the Champions League draw, the final 16 up on the screen here. What are your thoughts? Let's let's focus on, obviously, PSG drew Dortmund on Monday. And I want to know just in a few sentences, what was your initial thoughts when you heard that, uh, heard the news that PSG will play Dortmund? What were your initial thoughts on that? We'll go with uh, James first. Uh, my initial thought was, what? Not Barcelona? <laughs> um, so uh, I, I think uh, I was kind of happy just not to have to do this whole song and dance again. Um, but I, I was pleased with the draw with Dortmund. I, I think that you know they've been inconsistent all year, uh, but they recently they've been in pretty good form. So I think in terms of watchability for not just us as fans but just the casual football fan i think that um there's a lot of storylines here to follow and i think it should just be um some good football being played anyway yeah i was just looking at the table dortmund is in fourth place in the bundesliga they had that really entertaining match with uh league leaders leipzig which i was keeping an eye on that today um zach what were your initial thoughts just a few sentences on when you when you heard the news did you watch it live at 6 a.m Eastern time? I did not. Okay. I didn't watch it live, but I saw saw it shortly after. My initial thought was, I guess, relief. I'm I'm looking at the uh, the draws now. It looks like really the the only two teams that I think that would have been uh, a tougher challenge that we could have drawn were Atletico and Tottenham. Yeah. So <clears throat> we did avoid that. We didn't get you know Atalanta or Chelsea, but I think it like like James mentioned, there's good plot lines. Um, they play attacking football. We play attacking football. I think it'll be a really fun uh, two legs to watch. And, you know, you have the return of Tuchel and Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, until last season, we had tough times in away matches. And I think uh, Tuchel knowing the Dortmund atmosphere and players will really help that. <clears throat> but I, I think it's a fantastic matchup. On paper, it, there should be a lot of goals. It should be a lot of fun. The draw, man. I, I almost felt like a game. Like, I just had, like, the butterflies in my stomach, just, like, waiting. I was like, oh, God, what, what's going to happen? Are they going to figure out, you know, how to screw us this year? And I was, I was relieved, like you, that, oh, and it's, like, a fun matchup. It's got a nice storyline with Tuchel going back. And I tweeted this out. It's like, he wants to win this game just as much as we do because uh, he kind of left there unceremoniously. He didn't have a, a great relationship with his bosses and his bosses' bosses and over transfers and everything else. So he's going to be highly motivated, even more so than I think normally. He wants to win. He doesn't want to lose to his old team. That's kind of like 
you know, you moved on, you think you're at PSG in this big right. club and, and you come back and we, you know, kick your ass. So I, I can't imagine that he wants that. So he's going to be really motivated to, to do better. And I just think, you know, it's going to be fun. Both atmospheres, if you look at all of the, the matchups, I don't think there's going to be better home crowd in both ties than in this game. I mean, the, the PSG Ultras and the Dortmund supporters, it's going to be fantastic to watch. Which means Bleacher Report is probably going to make you pay two ninety nine and not put it on the main TNT <laughs> channel, but... Probably. What can you do? It'll about be Man, that? Man, Man City and Real Madrid will probably get the, uh, the yes. TNT. And I, I want to talk. I want to talk about that tie in a little bit. But first, I want you guys to finish the sentence. We'll go with James first. PSG win the tie if finish that sentence. If they score more goals than Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, in, in all seriousness, yeah. um, they they win as long as they keep their mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's that simple. If they go in with the right attitude and um, the right confidence and swagger that we saw um, against Real Madrid, yeah, it, it, there, there should be no discussion on, uh, on whether or not they should come out of, out of this alive. 100% agree. Uh, Zach, PSG win the tie s- if? If Neymar is healthy and plays both legs. Ooh. I'll make it a little, yeah. I like that. And um, I think PSG win the tie if they just show up. I mean, they are just, they are just clearly the better team. I think, I think there's going to be a ton of goals. Um, I, from what I've seen today, I mean, the Dortmund goalkeeper was out here heading balls at like halfway and like screwing up. Their defense was in shambles. They have no idea how to defend whatsoever. And I think as long as PSG just show up and do what they do, they can even be a little bit mentally weak. Just get out there and just use your instincts and just put the ball in the back of the net and you'll win. They, they don't play defense at all. And, and our attacking players, even if their attacking players are good, ours are 10 times better with Mbappe and Neymar. So I guess a little bit of what you said, Zach, as long as Neymar is healthy and Mbappe, if we have a catastrophic injury spell, then obviously we won't win. But if healthy, we just need to show up, I think. I know I shouldn't be this confident given our history in this right? tournament, but hey, it's okay. You know, forever the optimist. Somebody's got to do it. Exactly. So I'm going to pull up the, the draw again. I don't know if you guys have it on your screen or you can look at it. Um, I'll just talk about if you guys want to pull it up and I can give your thoughts on the rest of the teams that are drawn together. But yeah, I wrote it, a piece yeah. about Real Madrid and Manchester City. That's obviously the most interesting matchup of the, the whole round of 16. And I wrote a piece about how I think that that tie right there could have a lot of implications on what Mbappe does. If you think about it, if Manchester City knock Real Madrid out, that's two years in the round of 16, I believe, that Real Madrid are going out. Last year was to Ajax, so a bunch of, you know, I wrote that kids that don't even shave yet. I mean, so, you know, is Madrid, how do you sell Real Madrid? Obviously the history and whatever, but, like, you're coming off of, you're not doing that much better than PSG, especially if we advance this year. I just think that that tie, how it goes if Real Madrid gets knocked out, you know, I, I think that that could maybe play a role in what Mbappe decides to do. If we're all thinking, hey, if, P- if PSG lose, Mbappe's gone, I think the same applies for Real Madrid. I know that they won the tournament, but Cristiano Ronaldo is not walking through that door. And Luka Modric is only getting older, and Tony Cruz is only getting older. So that's one that I think how it plays out could have a, a, a impact on what PSG is doing, especially Mbappe. But I like Manchester City to win that match. I like Valencia to advance. 
Um, I think I picked Liverpool at, over Atletico. I've got Bayern over Chelsea, Juventus over Leon. Poor Leon with all their injuries. Um, my one upset was Leipzig. I'm a big Leipzig guy. I really like what they do. And then I did pick Barcelona because Napoli is a dumpster fire. So if you guys want to go through and just talk about, we'll go with maybe James first. If you want to just run down your picks on who you think and if you have any hot takes like I just said about any of the ties in particular. Uh, yeah, so I think we only disagreed on two of them. Okay. Uh, Obviously, I've got PSG. Uh, I've got Man City, I think, uh, for the most part. Um, I don't know. Real Madrid didn't look I, too good in the uh, Classico today. I mean, both teams didn't. No one scored, but I wasn't really impressed with Real Madrid. They played better against PSG, I thought. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, uh, which is kind of why I think they'll probably um, step it up mm-hmm. when more of the chips are on the table. Okay. Because um, I know um, City's not been doing great in uh in the premier league this year so they look, they look great against arsenal but i think everyone does <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh i i don't know i really don't know how that i think that's just a top up toss up and mm-hmm. i just expect man city to win okay um probably selfishly because the whole mbappe thing but yep. moving on um i've got valencia i've actually got atletico over liverpool oh okay i'd love Wish to see it. me too <laughs> <laughs> really what that is. Uh, I've got Bayern, Juventus, uh, and then I'm going to take Tottenham instead of Leipzig. Um, I think you just pick Leipzig because you like them a lot. Yeah, I, I, really do, I do. I do. And uh, I think you nailed it on the head with Barcelona and Napoli. Uh, Napoli is not looking good. And Koulibaly, I think, is injured. I didn't get an update on his status, but I saw in that last game for Napoli, he went down. Had to be like carted off or something. It didn't look good. Uh, Zach, do you have any hot takes on round of 16? Any ties in particular you're looking into? Uh, you want to run down who you think will win? Nothing. I don't think anything to add, really. I have the exact same picks as James. Um, I, I agree with you guys uh, with Manchester City over Real Madrid. As you guys mentioned, they're 14-some points behind Liverpool, so Pep wants the Champions League. He he knows he's way behind in Liverpool and uh, the Premier League, so he's probably going to put all the chips on the table for the Champions League. I expect him to pull the tie out with Real. Um, as we mentioned, unfortunately, Leon drew Juventus. They're going to have to <laughs> deal with that, with uh, Memphis Depay being injured. But we really need some of these other French teams to to do something in the knockout stages. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be this year. So, well, you, you say some of these other French teams, like we've been doing, like yeah. we've been holding up <laughs> our true. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, Monaco <laughs> did get to the semifinals a couple years ago, so yeah, it's kind of hard for us to, to talk about it. <laughs> I can see that. Um, yeah, well, speaking of the Champions League, I want to talk about formation and what Tuchel is. Uh, he's been running here lately. He's going with the four-four-two formation. He's playing Icardi, Di Maria, Mbappe, and Neymar all on the pitch at the same time. He's leading with, I believe it's like Mbappe and Icardi up front, and then Neymar, Di Maria on the wings. Um, he said that that requires maximum fitness because the players got to track back and they're not, those players aren't normally players that like to track back. And so they need to be fit and be able to be able to work. And I guess it also depends on the opponent. So I wanted to ask you all, do you think that that is the right formation to play against Dortmund, who is also a very attacking team? Do you think we just meet them and say, all right, offense versus offense. Let's see who's, you know, who can score the most goals. Um, and if that is the formation that you would go with, what does your midfield pairing look like? I think Verratti is a no-brainer, but who do you stick next to him? Is it Adrisa Gay, Ander Herrera, 
Kwasi. So we'll start with uh, Zach. Talk a little bit about the formation. Sure. I think it could be an oversimplification, but I would expect to see the 4-4-2 more often at home than away matches. I could easily see us doing uh, just a standard 4-3-3 at Dortmund mm-hmm. and trying to be a little bit more defensive. And then at yeah. the home matches, we use the 4-4-2 and get the four attackers out there. Um, in terms of the midfield pairing, obviously you have Verratti, like you mentioned. I think it really just depends on the form of uh, Drisa Gay. Before the Real Madrid match, the second leg, he was playing phenomenally. But in that match, he was exposed a little bit. So I think it would be between him and Marquinhos and uh, allowing Kimpembe to come in as a center back and putting Marquinhos in midfield for some stability. Yeah, I love Gay, um, uh, but he, I mean, coming from Everton, he just doesn't have a lot of that big game experience. Um, so you you do worry about that a little bit. Ander Herrera does have that big game experience. I think he would be good, but he's also been injured. That's the thing. We just had so many injuries. Um, I, I love Kwasi. I just I just don't know if you can play a 17 year old in the knockout stage. I'd love to. See, I bet you he could do it. He's. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like an interview with him. I watched one. He's very soft spoken and very like just well spoken, but just very soft and serious. And you could just tell that he's he's 17, but he plays and, and speaks well beyond his years so i'm a big fan of his so i, I would, I would like to see him but yeah he's very uh he's very calm and confident you can almost see that in how he plays too yeah. and everyone talks <clears throat> about pep and how great a coach is there were rumors that manchester city wanted to come in and get him and so that kind of also speaks to the quality that he has at, at his young age uh james what's the formation you would go with in the champions league what does your midfield either trio or duo look like depending on the formation um I think specifically with Dortmund, mm-hmm. um, I would probably just go ahead and go with the four four two. I have said in the past I like uh, Mbappe more in the middle than I do in the outside, um, just because I, I, I think he's to me he seems a little bit more comfortable there, just kind of being able to sit and take off and run past somebody. You know, uh, Greg Maddox and. And Tom Levine said, chicks dig the long ball, right. and so do I. <laughs> <laughs> we saw plenty of long, the long passes to, uh, I guess it was Mbappe, both times in the match day against Le Mans. Uh, just yeah. lofting them right over, obviously, Dortmund. Well, I don't know. Dortmund may not have as good of a defense as the League <laughs> 2 side. Not from what I saw today, but sorry, go ahead and finish. Yeah, so I mean, I think if, if uh, Dortmund's uh, defense is, bad as you, is, is as bad as you say they are, yeah. um, you might as well just put out all the attacking players and let them run and and just go after it and say, look, we can score five. Can you score six? Uh, <laughs> now, with some other um, higher-quality teams like, I don't know, Man City, they, I, I don't know that I'd do that on the road, um, just like just like Zach was saying. But uh, for this one, I would go with the 4-4-2. Um, and I would probably put Marquinhos in the middle as mm-hmm. well. Um well, then who would, who would be against Silva then in the in center back? Uh, I'd put Kimpembe back there. So he, I think he's out. He'll come back in January. Do you think? Oh, okay. Do you think it's worth? I mean, he'll have a month to get back into form. No, so it's and, potentially, but I mean, I mean, you if have Abdu if, Diallo, maybe. Yeah, um, it's tricky. I, I mean, yeah, it is. It is not because I, I forgot about that. So. It would either have to be Herrera. Marquinhos is going to be on the field one way or the other. Oh, yeah. He's either going to be in the midfield and Diallo. I'd put Diallo back there, or 
Um, if you have confidence in Herrera, I'd go ahead and stick Herrera up there and then move Marquinhos back. And I think I like the latter option a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I think that Marquinhos is better um, at, a, at his natural position as center back. And I think he probably enjoys it a little bit more. I don't know that he actually likes being in the midfield, but um, that's what I would roll with uh, against Dortmund. Yeah, I really like that idea of, you know, away matches, kind of sitting back maybe in traditional 4-3-3 and try to hit a team on the counter, which you definitely can do about against Dortmund. And then at home, the home crowd behind you, you just blitz the hell out of them and just run them off the pitch that before halftime and wrap up the tie. I like that idea a lot. While we're taking a quick water break, we wanted to share a great podcast with you from the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit BigHeadsMedia.com for this podcast and so much more. Going Deep is a Raiders podcast that is determined to chronicle the Raiders' return to greatness, ideally under the watch of Coach John Gruden. He turned the franchise around once before and has a firm grasp of the Raiders' mystique created by the late owner of the team, Al Davis. That mystique is dormant due to years of losing, but Gruden's passion lies in bringing it back to life. Join your host, yours truly, Luke Straub. I write for the Raiders Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group and my Raiders bro in arms, Raider Larry Marbley, who is a huge part of the Raider Nation online community as we chronicle the Raiders' return to greatness after every game and midweek as well with special guest appearances. The Raiders will hoist the Super Bowl trophy once again, so keep it locked to going deep. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We mentioned them a few times, but it's not a PSG podcast without a little Neymar talk. So... What I want to ask you, there's a couple of things that have happened recently that kind of lead you to believe that Neymar could potentially stay um, at PSG. So there was a report about him suing Barcelona. He's got two lawsuits against them over wages, bonuses that he thinks he's owed before he ended up leaving in 2017. Um, Recently, uh, in France Football Magazine, he was talking about how it would be an honor to, to one day be captain at PSG. And he kind of jokingly said at one point, you know, why, why would I leave? You know, look how well the team is playing. Look at my teammates. And so right now, if you were Neymar, is Barcelona the better option for you? We'll go with uh, James. No. Okay. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean – Everything that has transpired between Barcelona, the way he left, um, not one to be in Messi's shadow, this, that, and the other thing, like none of it, the return doesn't make sense to me if he is um, comfortable where he's at. It only makes sense if he absolutely loathes being in Paris, if he hates his teammates and all that kind of stuff, and he just thinks it's an all-around bad situation. Which we don't which, get that impression here lately. He's all Yeah, no. And, and to add on to that, like I, I typically don't try to follow all the Neymar articles, <laughs> um, especially since like last summer when it was just like every time I opened up my Bleacher Report app, <laughs> something made me mad. Um, but the fact that I am kind of unaware of what's going on with Neymar mm-hmm. is a good sign to me. Because I don't look for it, and before it was just like being shoved in my face, and now, you know, you're you're telling me more things about, you know, he's saying he wants to stay and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I, I think that this is probably something that he can he can live with and prosper, thrive. I mean, who, what better tandem are you going to have right now than Mbappe and Neymar? 
Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. And like, he may not like the weather in Paris, but he might be willing to deal with it when he looks at that squad over in Barcelona and how unbalanced it is. And they've had players that are in his position um, that they don't want to sit on the bench. And if Neymar comes in, that's exactly what would happen. So I'm not even sure if Barcelona would want him at this point. So maybe that's why he's trying to make nice and say all the right things. But the lawsuit was interesting to me because it's like I don't. I don't typically be, I'm not going to be friends with someone that I'm suing and Neymar's dad like, oh, everything's fine between us, but it's like, you're suing them for like $11 million or whatever. It's like, which, yeah, that was even going on last summer too. Yeah. And it, yeah. it was, it was part of the, if you bring me back, then, uh, you know, we'll I'll drop, drop the it, lawsuit. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah, very, that's, that's the start <laughs> just of a weird dynamic. It's very, but yeah, so there was that, but then there's a new one. I think it's like 3.5 million euro that he's suing for some kind of bonus that he thinks he was due. And so maybe he's just like, I'm not going back there. They don't want me. They don't have the money. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get mine because they owe it to me. So yeah, there's multiple lawsuits against Barcelona now. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe, I don't know. I'm going to be like the opposition to all the optimism, but there's still a really good chance he could try and go back next summer. And as we talked about it before, I think it's really contingent on how we perform in the Champions League and then other contracts that we might be able to extend. So he's definitely going to want to know what Mbappe is doing long term, yeah. if we can get Icardi long term, because that trio has been playing phenomenally. And if we can, if he sees that we can lock those two guys up, then I think he knows that there's a lot more potential going forward. Um, I think a lot of what he's saying with the media is kind of to just appease everyone and get them off of his back. And so... So it's that's kind of, the meaning I mean, behind the like the the shush kind of goal celebration where he's like, you know, after he's at the media, like, I'm going to give these nice interviews, so you'll just shut up. Yeah. Stop talking <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that still has to do with the fans booing him, which definitely yeah. at this point has to stop. Yeah, and, it needs to stop. Yeah. That doesn't help the situation either. So. Yeah, that's what I think it was maybe Mark Damon or someone was like, if if PSG does win the Champions League, it's because of Neymar. Are the fans gonna like boo him as he's lifting the trophy up? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't. Hopefully not. Yeah, so just stop the booing now. It's ridiculous. Um, I almost wonder. And I know you guys are probably NBA fans in the off season and how, you know, like Kawhi Leonard calls, hey Paul George, you know, we're gonna go here. I wonder if just because they're such good friends, Neymar and Mbappe, I wonder if they already know what they're gonna do. I wonder if they already know that they're going to stay in Paris. They already have a deal. You know what I mean? And they're just kind of building this up. I don't know. I just, they're such good friends and I, they're, they're so linked and depending on where they each go, I just wonder if they're already talking about that and already have a good idea of what they're going to do. What do you guys I, think I'm about willing that? To, I'm willing to bet that they, I don't know if they know what each other's going to do, mm-hmm. but i bet they have these conversations where each of them were trying to kind of glean some information mm. on what they're trying to do, but nobody actually wants to tip their hand yet. Um, I, that's just, you know, that's pure speculation, right? But um, I, I think that there is going to be some kind of, um, I, I really don't want to use this word, but collusion yeah. on, uh, on where, no collusion. Where they're going to go. Yeah. The, where, you know, if, if I think if Neymar gets the sense that Mbappe is going to leave, yeah, then, you know, he's going to try to figure out what he's going to do to in it. And staying is probably not the option. But I think that would make they, him that would make him the man at PSG that what he wanted all along when he came from Barcelona to PSG. And that's I, the, the kind of the thing where people are saying like, oh, you know, he's here. 
and Mbappe, the rise of Mbappe, and he's not the the star. So if he leaves, maybe would that maybe mean Neymar does stay? I don't think so because no. I think if he if if he just wanted to be the man yeah. uh, somewhere and not have a running mate, he would have been left by now. You know, he would have went. Yeah, name a place. Yeah, Manchester United apparently wanted to solve everything. <laughs> What's that? I think winning. I think winning solves everything. Yeah. I think if if they can find a way to get far in the Champions League or even win the thing, I I don't I don't think Mbappe or Neymar will be concerned about who's the guy. They get along really well. It's they not do. like we've seen any indication that they you know envy the other person's success. So I I think it's really contingent on how well we play and if we can win the Champions League finally or just get past this round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you keep do you, those two happy? Is yeah. all we need to do. Do you guys think what we saw with Neymar, it was all these leaks in the media about he wanted to go back. You never really heard from him. How do you think it's going to play out with Mbappe? Let's say we get to the semifinals but lose. Let's just, for example, do you think Mbappe within a week or whatever is going to go to Leonardo and say, hey, I really like that. I want to stay here. Let's push forward and let's get a deal done, contract extension. Or do you think he's going to play these like secretive games and, you know, hint, maybe I want to go to Real Madrid. Do you think he's going to play the transfer game? I don't get that impression from him, but I'm just curious how you guys think that this summer is going to play out with him. Is it going to be drama-filled, or is he going to just be straight up with PSG and say, I want to go, or I'm, I'm willing to stay and be public about it? I, I don't get the impression that he uh, would play those type of games. Uh, I feel like you, you kind of know mm-hmm. what he's going to do. Now, he might not come out and say, look, mm-hmm. I'm out. You know, Let me go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, he might drop those subtle hints like he did earlier this year where he's like, look, I want a little bit more responsibility and, you know, we can't keep going on like this. He might – he, I think he would voice some displeasure yeah. that would um, lead to people maybe thinking that he wants to move on, but I don't think he'd come out outright and say it. Right. But I do also think he has a personality that if he is going to stay, he's just going to squash all of that um, – Will he, won't he stuff? He would, I think he would just say, look, I'm staying. That's it in the story. Let's win. <laughs> so so you're saying he's not going to do like a LeBron James, the decision when he left, you know, LeBron oh, left Cleveland. So Mbappe's <laughs> not going to go and get like a, a TV camera and Bondi and sit down with a bunch of kids behind him and say, I'm taking my talents to Real Madrid. We're not going to have More recently that. how uh, uh, Griezmann did. Yeah, exactly. The whole documentary. Boy, of, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I don't think that's uh, his personality. He might uh, he might say it in a press conference, but that's because somebody's going to ask him a question, and he might get a little uh, yeah. he might get a little angry that it even came up, Absolutely. and just shoot it straight right then. Absolutely, Zach. Do you think he'll be public about it, or is he going to be more secretive? We're going to have a lot of drama with Mbappe. How do you I don't think there's going to be drama. From his end, but we all know it'll be drama instigated by the Spanish media for sure, and there's no escaping it. So even if he plays his cards, you know, as respectfully as possible, there's going to be some drama, especially considering that he's arguably the most talented, you know, 20 year old player on the planet. So it's gonna, it would be a huge transfer, and there will be every day there will be something about it, but I mean, it's just a question of how much of it's fabricated and how much of it would be coming from him. I don't, I mean, sure. Mbappe could get in a submarine and sit at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> the entire summer, and the Spanish media would still find, oh, there were three bubbles. That means, you know, back-to-back to back Champions League titles or something. There. You know, like, <laughs> they're They'd have divers down there for sure. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, 
those are all of our topics, but we did have some Twitter questions come in. I want to just run through them real quick. So at D Smith three, three zero two had a good question. we talked a little bit about this, the atmosphere at Dortmund. And he wants to know the thoughts on the atmosphere, having an impact on the player and on the game itself. Um, as we know, Dortmund's stadium is one of the loudest in the world. Um, I'll go first and then I'll, I'll hand it off. I think atmosphere definitely does play a role. I mean, PSG have a great home record and I think that's because they are sometimes, at least in the past, a mentally weak team and having that support. I mean, obviously I guess Manchester United didn't work out, but typically they have a really good home record and I think the home crowd can push you to performing a little bit better. Um, I think after the game against St. Etienne, where they were literally launching fireworks into the air and shooting them at people, and Mbappe scored a goal right as they were doing that. So I don't think that there is anything that Dortmund can do that will phase Kylian Mbappe. If he can have fireworks fired off right as he's dribbling down the, the pitch, I think he'll be just fine. So I'm not too worried, but I do think you know they can motivate the home team. So um, Zach, what do you think about home crowd and the impact it have, has on a game? I agree with you, and I mean part of part of being a good team, no matter the sport, is learning how to play in away crowds that are hostile, and you have to figure out a way to channel that energy into focus rather than, you know, into intimidation. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, Tuchel knowing Dortmund well will help with that as well. Not necessarily that he can do too much. Uh, the players are on the pitch, but I, yeah, like you said, they have to figure out a way to channel that and, and into some aggression and. Uh, I, I think the last match against Real Madrid indicated that they're getting better at it. It's a, it's a, it's a process. So I, I'm excited to see what happens in the, uh, in the matchup. Yeah, that's why that come from behind 2-2 draw was so important on the road. I, I just think that's really going to set yeah. them up nicely. Um, and, and we talked about you know the, the tie you know with Real Madrid and Manchester City playing each other. That's one of the big boys are definitely going to be out. So this this tournament was already wide open. I don't think there was a clear cut favorite. And then you're going to take one of those guys out. You know, PSG. You know, it's it's an opportunity for them that I don't think they should let slip. Um, James, what do you think about crowd atmosphere and if that has any impact on PSG? Uh, does it have any impact on PSG? I think no. I don't think it does. Uh, I think um, kind of what you were what you were saying, Ed, where it it back it'll back the home teams. Uh, pretty well, but um, you know, Mbappe is a stone cold killer when it comes to <laughs> crowd noise and other things going around him. He's, I think, he's unfazed by that. Um, you've got Neymar and Navas who have played in big games. They played in hostile, uh, hostile environments. I mean, so has Di Maria, right? I mean, he's yeah. had. He's been hit with bottles, um, at Marseille, even though, yeah. yeah, even though uh, Manchester United was not like this hostile crowd. There were some very hostile people that he had to stand very close to, <laughs> and he was doing just fine. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about um, our side of things. I, I would be worried if I thought Dortmund was, uh, like, let's say, Man City had that kind of crowd. I think we might be in some some real trouble, but this yeah. this particular venue with this team doesn't doesn't bother me too much. I think what we saw with the PSG ultras going to Liverpool, going to Manchester United, mm-hmm. I think other teams should be worried about our supporters. I mean, our our team even at even at their own place, even at their Absolutely. own place because yeah. we travel deep, we take over the city, we've got flares, we've got drums. It's incredible <laughs> what they do. 
Um, so I think other teams should be worried about what we're bringing to the table. And I know Dortmund, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They, we're, trust me, we're going to hear the PSG Ultras as we're streaming it on Bleacher Report for two ninety nine. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I think that um, soccer pitch or football pitchers should uh, start putting logos in the middle of their field. Yeah. Because there have been many times where I didn't know like whether we were home or away. And I just hear <laughs> our own fans, and I'm watching the the TV, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is not a this is not a home game. Yeah, but it sure sounds like it. <laughs> I like that idea. Just a big PSG logo right in the middle. Who would, would who would be like the the NFL like the Giants? They have the NFL logo. Which which league on team would be lame and put the uh, league on logo in the middle? <laughs> Mets. <know>. Mets. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mets. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Eduardo Razo, um, one of our contributors, he did a piece on the ultimate team of the decade and he wanted to know what your guys' team of the decade is, but I didn't prepare you. So I won't ask you to think back the last 10 years in every player that's been at PSG. But what I will do is go through and you tell me whether you agree or not. And if you disagree with his choice, you give me another name. Does that sound good? Uh, sure. I mean, I've only been, I've only been following this team for like eight years anyway, so I don't even know if I have, if I'm most, most of these players are probably ones that you have heard of, but maybe there's someone else that you think, like maybe you think Benjamin Stambouli should be in midfield. I don't know. But uh, goalkeeper, Keeler Navas, he's only been here a couple months and he's already in our team of the decade. A lot of people, some people on Twitter (laughs) were like, what about Sirigu? Um, but I was like, would you rather have Sirigu or Navas? I know who I would choose. So you guys agree with that one? I do. He's been phenomenal since. Yeah, yeah I mean, since he had ten saves against Real Madrid. It's pretty. Yeah. He's he's the best guy we've had. I mean, I get the sentiment for Sergio, but it's a sentiment because he was just there for a long time. He wasn't. There's he's no not better, better than Keeler. Yeah. I know Rihanna would rather have Kevin Trapp, but it doesn't mean he's any better. <laughs> um, left back Maxwell. I haven't had a lot Agreed. of good left backs. Yeah, I would I would go with him as well. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. You agree too, James? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, center back, Marquinhos, again, a new, a relatively new player. He's just fantastic. He's going to be the next captain once Silva leaves. I think that's a solid center back choice. Yep. Um, and then Tiago Silva, another player that's in the team now. Any disagreements with that center back pairing? Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. I mean, I often say that this is the best PSG team that's ever been assembled, so it makes sense that a lot of the current players are in it. Right back, so Gregory Vanderveeld, or Weald, however you want to say it, he did not make right back. He, uh, Christophe <laughs> Jallet, he was, he's the only pre-QSI player. Um, solid, but again, not great. We just haven't had a lot of really good uh, right backs. So was would you pick anyone else to go in there? Not Mounier, I wouldn't think. So, REA maybe, maybe, but might, yeah, might be. Yeah, see, I would go with REA. Yeah, me really too. Would. Me too. When, <laughs> when he, when that guy is on his game, yeah. he is just phenomenal, and I would yeah. go with REA actually. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I would. Yeah, go ahead. I, I would say the same thing. I thought I was going to get laughed at for it, but <laughs> um, I mean, I only knew Jale when he was old and you yeah. know, on his way out anyway. But I always liked REA because of he was just. His stubbornness, even off the pitch, showed on the pitch. I mean, he was—I mean, he was a dog at right back when he was when he was at the top of his game. So, I think um, Eduardo did not put Aria in here just for that uh, off the pitch incident. Yeah, you I think that, that, that was a, a black bit, mark on his record <laughs> at PSG, so he did not make it. Um, midfield, Marco Verratti, 
Yes. Yeah, he's got to be in there. Um, interesting choice here. Tiago Mata as the defensive midfielder. I'd take issues? that. Yeah, okay. It would, it's been difficult to replace him. And another player that we haven't really replaced since he left, Blaze Matuidi, one of my – I think the first PSG jersey I ever had was Matuidi. You guys agree with that? Yeah, the, the classic midfield trio. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I think <laughs> it's great. I kind of wish we could have them right now in their prime. Um, <clears throat> Kylian Mbappe, forward. Uh, yeah, how do you say no? He's got to be in there. Um, Neymar. Now, this is a little bit controversial just because he's been injured and hasn't played. I think he's only played slightly more games than he's missed. So would you put him in there? Also, given he tried to leave the club, if we're going to dock REA points. I Well, I didn't dock him. So. Oh, okay. Well, Eduardo docked him points for taking him out. Would you – team of the decade, Neymar in there? If, it, if it's best 11, then yes. If it's favorite 11, then maybe not. But, it, I mean, best 11, you got to have Neymar in there. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I we'll go back. We'll go back to him in a second because <clears throat> the, the, the striker is going to be Zlatan over the all-time leading scorer, Edison Cavani. And a few people on Twitter are questioning that one. Would you – if you were to pick Zlatan here, could you put Edison Cavani instead of Neymar? Because if you remember, Edison Cavani did play out on the wing with Zlatan. Um, what do you guys think about that? I would pick Zlatan over Cavani. Okay. Um, because, and Neymar over Cavani too. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't think well, – the reason um, is because if I need one goal <laughs> to win the game – Zlatan is going to get me that goal. Right. He's going to and, let you know about it, too. Oh, yeah, and he's going to let you know about <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, and, that, and that's why I liked RAA, too, because you, know, yeah. you do something good, he's going to get in your face and say something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would pick Zlatan, and because Cavani really didn't like playing on the wing, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not what he wanted to do. I, I don't know that he was particularly great at it anyway. I mean, that's, that's Neymar's spot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not picking anybody uh, on the left wing. Over Neymar, Zach, you agree with that? I agree 100 percent with what James said. Yeah, I mean, I love Cavani. You know, he's one of my favorites, and uh, Di Maria didn't make isn't making the list either. And those are two guys. Like, if we could just get two bench players, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Cavani and yeah. Di Maria. They're maybe. the first two off the but, bench, Cavani and, <laughs> yeah. and Di Maria. Okay, that's fair. It's kind of crazy to think that your your club's all time leading scorer, who broke that record in the last decade, doesn't even get into your team of the decade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty phenomenal. Um, all right, guys. I think that's all the questions. We had a few more come in, but we're coming up on an hour here, and and uh, it's getting late, so we want to let you guys go. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. We'll have to do this again soon, hopefully get Guillaume back from his illness. Um, but real quick, before we go, Zach, let people know how they can find you on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're on. Uh, just Twitter, really. Uh, okay. Twitter handle is papadon underscore. Okay. So that's it. James, how can people find you? Um, Twitter is uh, Teague 13 Fantastic. No MySpace? Nah. <laughs> I try, I, I'm sure I still have an account out there somewhere. I tried to delete it one time, and I couldn't find it. So. There you go. All right, well, we'll let you go and do that. I'm watching Tennessee lose to Cincinnati in basketball right now. Zach, you're in Ohio. Are you, you're not a Cincinnati fan, are you? Uh, actually, I'm originally from Cincinnati. Had some family go there, but I live in Columbus. So. Okay, okay. Not, not too though. attached. All right. <sighs> Well, you've got plenty of college football to look forward to. We all do, so that'll be fine. We've got one more PSG game uh, of 2019 to look forward to, and then the guys get a little bit of a break, and we'll probably take a little bit of a break here at PSG Talk. But until then, we'll be back. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See ya.